Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled, How Did You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Dr. Erica Taylor, who is Global Head of uh, Oncology Strategy at Roche. Roche. Hi, Erica. Lovely to have you on the show. Hi, Leila. Thanks for having me. Sorry, did I introduce you correctly? You're Global Head of Oncology Strategy, correct? Yes. Okay, I'm going to start again. Sorry, my bad. So, hi everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled, How Did You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Dr. Erica Taylor, who is Global Head of Oncology Strategy at Roche. Hi, Dr. Erica Taylor. How lovely to have you on the show. Hi, Leila. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. So let's first dive into the questions and start off with a quick introduction about yourself and perhaps a main answer to the question of the podcast, which is how did you do it and why should I care? So um, I um, am a a scientist by training and um, have always uh, been uh, passionate about um, human health and um, how things work inside of the body, if you will. And um, I spent many years as a bench scientist and moved from there into what I like to call the intersection of business and science. And so I spent most of my career um, in the biotech and pharmaceutical industry and many roles um, across commercial sales, marketing, and now corporate strategy. I don't know, I'm not sure if that's... Yeah, no, that's a perfect answer to to my question. And so I guess what, what you know you've said begs me to ask the next question which is what inspired me to join this industry yeah it's um really for me was my passion for science and um not just what happens say when you're in the medical profession and you go to the doctor and and you receive a treatment and maybe you get better but really about what is behind disease in the first place and so i've always had this fascination across many different disease stages um my phd is in immunology and um it's a really um, now popular term for folks to talk about now that we are uh, in our time of COVID and thinking about vaccinations and, and how they all work. Um, but even beyond that, uh, many other disease states have an interface with the immune system. And um, I was really passionate about continuing that, learning more and finding ways to deliver therapies to patients. Mm. That's really awesome. So what would you say were the best resources that helped you along the way? Obviously, you do have a PhD, so I'm assuming it was in the area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of time in study, uh, I'm sure as many of your your listeners are um, yeah, doing or pursuing um, right now, is, is, is certainly been helpful. But more than just the, the degree and uh, the studies, it's really about how to think and how to solve problems. How to ask really good questions is a skill set I think my PhD gave me and I use every day um, in a very different context. Um, but um, it was really helpful to not only have that technical background, but also to develop and learn um, on what we call the commercial side of the organization. So um, once a drug is approved, how do we make sure that doctors are educated about it, that they know which are the right patients to receive it? Um, how do you provide them that information and ensure that patients do receive it? Awesome. So then were there any lessons that you wish you'd have known before starting in your industry? Because I'm sure at graduate school, you must have spoken to a lot of people, but was there anything that they missed? Oh, well, 
at the time that I was in graduate school, um, people didn't really talk very much about what you could do outside of the going into academia, pursuing a postdoc and become a professor. Um, so what I wish I had were um, more resources and more access to resources um, and, and people and um, internships and, and opportunities to expose myself to all the different things you can do when you have a PhD in a scientific field or an engineering field. Um, those resources by and large exist today. So um, if I were a student today, I would encourage myself to explore. Um, even if you um, believe you know where you wanna head next, it's always nice to know, as I say, what, what you're saying no to by staying on the path that you're on. And you never know, you might find something really fascinating to pursue along the way. Awesome. So then what would you say across the span of your career was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Uh, I feel like I've had many. <laughs> um, I, I don't think you can really grow and, and take risks without um, some form of, of failure along the way. Um, so I can maybe pick a couple of big lessons if that's okay. Mm, definitely. Um, one of them, um, and I still find I use even today, when that was many, many years ago, um, was probably early in my uh, graduate program. Um, I was so focused on getting the answer, getting the answer, and doing um, the experiment that would tell me the answer and move me along in my project. And um, I had a really, you know, uh, tough conversation with an advisor uh, in my program at the time who um, you know, essentially said I wasn't planning properly and I was essentially taking one step forward and 10 steps back, which is how I felt at the time. Um, it was tough to hear, right? I'm, I'm in a difficult program. I'm not quite sure how I'm gonna advance and, and to hear that feedback was really hard. And, and a follow-up conversation with this person was really um, centered on the idea of planning and spending more time doing that and less time actually doing. It's that concept of go slow to go fast. Um, and for those of us that are driven and ambitious, it can sometimes be hard to check that instinct of just go, 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 and, and we'll figure it out as we go along. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes a bit of planning can actually uh, go a long way. Um, and I find myself either coaching to give that advice sometimes or even remembering it myself in times when I feel an urge to continue to go fast, um, but really, I should be thinking about, you know, how can I plan a better um, project, a better initiative, a better, you know, whatever is in front of me so that when we are ready to go, everyone is in line and we can go really fast at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great lesson to learn and especially very early on in your career because then you can sort of apply it to later on. Exactly, exactly. Um, one of the um, other um, lessons I learned um, and, and uh, it was during my time when I was in sales, which was, you know, I must say was a very different job from what I had had, um, you know, leading up to that. Um, it was one of the most difficult jobs I think I've ever done. And um, I, my hats go off to any sales professionals out there. I think it is incredible work. Um, but the lesson that I got there was um, really rooted around the fact that, you know, I um, had this expertise in immunology. I was speaking to rheumatologists um, in the Pacific Northwest, and I knew my data. I knew my products. I knew the patients. I knew the disease stage almost as well as they did, even though I didn't treat patients. But I couldn't get them, as was my job at the time, to consider my product for the right patient, even though there were many that would walk through the door. And I kept sort of banging my head against the wall, like not really being able to make progress. And the realization, um, you know, that I that I took from that is, you know, you might be right, but you may not change behavior. Mm. Those are often very different things. And and one of you know sort of the lesson in that is, you know, when you come up in an academic background, you know, accuracy, 
rigor is your currency. You can move very fast and very far in a career that trades upon your ability to be correct and to have the right insight and to deliver the right analytics. Um, in this role, it's very much about convincing people to do something. And sometimes that currency won't take you all the way there, won't take you as far as you need to go. Um, and so that is really where I learned to spend more time just understanding the perspective of these individuals. What were they facing? And it became conversations with my rheumatologist about how they see 30 patients a day and they only get 10 or 15 minutes with patients um, and how insurance companies are restricting what they can be reimbursed for. And so they're struggling to keep their practices afloat. That, you know, from, from my point of view of just please write more for my products, it really was eye-opening to say, wow, they're really dealing with different things and to try to add value where I could but while understanding where they were coming from actually got me much farther along the road to change behavior than just saying, here's my science use, you know, this data is correct. So mm. um, that lesson shows up, um, you know, certainly more now in my current role, um, which is more of a corporate strategy role. And my job now is really to um, uh, collect leaders around the organization um, and mobilize them around particular initiatives. These are generally um, people at the tops of their field. Uh, they're incredibly smart. Um, and you're trying to convince them to, to sign on to an initiative and, and thinking through. So getting to know my peers and my leaders has been as much as part of my job is um, learning the specifics of all the different areas of oncology that uh, we play in. Awesome. So then following on from that, what would be one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Oh, I would say, um, I guess, don't be afraid to take a leap and do something different. Um, I think one of the things I'm most proud of in my um, career and are the number of different things that I've done along the way and the different kinds of experiences that I've gotten. And I remember at those junction points where you have an opportunity to pursue something that's along a path you know very well versus one that's not along a path you know very well, but you'll learn from. Um, I remember that hesitancy and even sometimes fear saying, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should just keep going along this path. Um, I encourage all of you to just take that Take that leap. Um, you never know what you might learn. Um, you're, you know, one of the other lessons was just knowing, you know, you can probably deal with anything for a year or two, no matter what it is, and learn along the way. So even if you make that choice and it's not the right one for you, you can always make a different choice after that. Mm -hmm. um, so just, you know, don't be afraid to take the leap. Um, and um, I'm now in a role that I would have never envisioned for myself when I started out over 10 years ago, which has been incredible, the opportunities that open up along the way um, that you wouldn't have found otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. And then following on from that, what is one common myth about your industry or profession that you would like to debunk? Oh, I work in the pharma industry. There's a whole list of them, I think, <laughs> uh, in, in my, my opinion. Um, I think that... Um, one of the myths are that, you know, pharmaceutical companies, um, you know, charge a lot of money for drugs and um, they do it uh, just for profit. And I think the one thing that, um, you know, I'd like for folks to know is um, at least in the realm that I am and at Roche and Genentech here in the U.S., um, we are really focused and really dedicated and passionate about trying to improve the lives of patients and to boil all of that down to profits and money, I think really undersells the overnight, the long hours, the agony that um, a lot of the scientists um, and the development professionals put into making sure that we have um, therapies available for sick patients. Um, and that's sort of the cycle of how that industry works. So as 
as patients pay for the therapies they're getting now, it's investing into the next cure, into the next therapy for later. And, and that's really how this industry has always worked and, and I suspect will continue into the future. I mean, it really is about paying it forward so that the next time someone has your condition, they have better options available than you have today. Mm. No, that's really great. And then more about you. What have you read or listened to recently that's really inspired you? Oh, um, wow. I had, um, I, I'm an avid reader, so it's hard to pick sort of one one thing. Um, but one thing that's been on my mind more recently um, is um, just a short snippet on a social media platform about um, how we all seem to think we don't belong somewhere and that maybe um, we should stop telling ourselves that story because everyone has that story in some form or another. And it was really kind of eye-opening. I suppose the flip side of taking different paths in your career, you kind of always have this feeling of I'm someplace I'm not supposed to be because I have a different background. I look differently. I'm from a different part of the country. I sound different. Um, But that really everyone to some extent has that narrative. And um, it's really about finding ways in which we do connect and the best way to start that is to um, to stop telling ourselves we don't belong, that in fact we do belong and we've earned this seat and everyone else is feeling similarly insecure about their seat as well. And maybe that's a place to you know start to connect and build bridges with others. So that's only just from yesterday and it's um, you know been a part of my book club conversation and it's just been really inspiring to me over the last couple of days at least. Oh, wonderful. Um, and then who are three people in your life who have been the most influential to you and why? Three people. Oh, boy. Um, so I have to say kind of collectively, my family has been really inspirational um, along the way. Um, it's a, I look back and I think about the sacrifices my parents, their parents, their parents have all made and and. And, and just a short period of time to to have you know generational change really come from that um, is is um, been really influential to me. Um, I look at my children and and how I can inspire them to think of the world as their 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 home and they can be anywhere and do anything. Um, and that's a result from that, which I suppose all of us to some extent are, are inspired by our families. But I I couldn't have this uh, conversation with you, Layla, and not not bring that up. Um, other things that have been um, uh, inspiring to me, um, it's hard to pick an individual, but um, uh, scientists in general, I think, uh, are still hugely influential. I still tell folks that I'm a scientist before I'm anything else, especially in a business context. And just that unsatiable curiosity, um, a willingness to experiment and be wrong, that, that gets harder the more further advanced you get in your career, like that ability to take a risk, and take a leap. Um, but that scientist's mind is always willing to, you know, um, try something, have it not work out, learn from it, try again. Mm. Um, and that that is something that um, I think is, you know, certainly serves us at the bench and has gotten us vaccines for a deadly pandemic and therapies to treat people who do get sick. Um, but even more broadly, I think it is, it's sort of that, you know, you skin your knees, you get back up, you keep going. And, and I, that's something that has always sort of stayed with me. Um, and I'm not saying scientists are the only people who have that trait. It's the one that I'm closest to and, and, and uh, where I've had the most direct experience. I know there's that, that kind of trait exists in many different places as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So finally, to round off our conversation then, what is one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life? Oh, um, worry less. 
about where you're going to end up. Mm. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure your listeners are driven and ambitious and are looking to go far in their careers and, you know, wondering if I take this stuff, what about the next one? Um, worry a lot less about that. Worry more about building good relationships along the way. Mm. What people you enjoy working with um, and, and doing work that fulfills you. If, if, if you're weighing options or you're considering paths, I, I've never been wrong picking the one that's about the team I'm on, the environment I'm in, and the and, and the level of purpose and passion, the way in which the work lines up with what I'm passionate about. Um, you never go wrong. And you'll end up places you may not have thought. But um, I, I remember being very worried about how it all would work out. And uh, if I could tell my younger self to worry less, do more yoga, <laughs> and uh, and things have a way of shaping out um, exactly as they should. Awesome. Well, that rounds up our conversation today. So thank you so much, Dr. Taylor, for hopping on the show. And it was great speaking with you. Thank you, Layla. It's been great chatting with you. All right, then. Bye-bye.